coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today for an emergency Jamie Newman opt-out podcast is my co-host, Curtis. And guys, we are putting in overtime this week. Of course, is the way it's going to work out. When you have absolutely no time to do anything in a given week, some blockbuster news drops. I'm still prepping for the Seth Emerson interview tomorrow. I've got tennis lessons I've got to get to on the other side of town in less than an hour. It's been a crazy week at work. A lot of stuff going on. But of course, this is when something like this is going to drop. But this is one of those things that no matter what's going on in a given week, if you produce a Georgia podcast, you just can't ignore it. Plus, we always want to make sure we have you guys covered. We do our best to, to do that each and every week. So here we are. And I guess I should announce exactly what's going on and why we are here for an emergency bonus edition of the show today. In case you haven't heard, which to be honest, I'm not sure is exactly possible if you're a Georgia fan right now, but just in case you're waking up from a 24-hour nap or sobering up from a 24-hour bender, I don't know what you got going on, but just in case you haven't heard, Jamie Newman the man many, including I guess ourselves here for most of the offseason, were pegging as the presumptive starter for our Georgia Bulldogs this season. Well, he is officially opting out of the 2020 season, and we are all officially freaking out. But no, no, I, I'm really not. I'm really not freaking out. I'm, I'm not sure how to feel about that. As someone who bleeds red and black, I feel like I should be freaking out. I mean, I remember back, like, let's say when, when news came down about Todd Gurley's suspension all the way back in 2014, I was on my way in the car, driving all the way to Columbia, Missouri from Athens. I was freaking out about that. I remember all the injuries in 2013. We started off that season so hot, beating South Carolina, beating LSU at home, some great games, and then the injury bug hits us. Uh, I remember freaking out about all those injuries as they came down. I was freaking out about that, but not this. And I think that's because I feel really good with our other options at quarterback right now. So I'm not necessarily freaking out, but Curtis, am I crazy? Are you freaking out right now? I'm not freaking out. I'm just a little, um, got a sour taste in my mouth is how I'd word it. Okay, why? Do you begrudge Newman? Because I don't necessarily have any hard feelings against him. I don't begrudge him or have hard feelings other than the fact of the timing. Um, because what is being said, it looks like he's had these conversations before. And and just my whole opinion is, if that was the case, why did you wait till after, not only after the first scrimmage, but a couple of days after the first scrimmage where if this, you know, if this was the way you were truly leaning, then you took a lot of reps from the guys that are in the end, going to be the ones that needed it most. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I understand. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't, know. you know, I can't, I can selfishly be mad at the kid, but do I blame him? Or if that's really the reason, all those things, then no, I don't blame the kid. You have to do what's best for you and your well-being and safety. Um, I just think the timing is the things that could have been handled better. Sure, that, that's fair. That's fair. But like in our society today, this is not just a football thing. This is a society-wide thing. And I'm, I'm guilty of this too, so I can't say that, that I'm any better than anyone else. But just in general, it's become acceptable to 
do what's best for you, right? No matter how that impacts other people. In general, that's kind of just become accepted these days. And Yeah, you saw it kind of like years ago with Fournette and the bowl games. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's the same concept of, of skipping bowl games. Like, you got to take care of yourself first, right? And, and again, that's not to, to hammer Jamie Newman. I, I completely understand where, what he's doing, where he's coming from, but that's just kind of where society is right now. I don't know when it got to that point, but but it kind of did at some point. And again, I I, I make decisions with, it, with myself in mind before other people as well. I'm, I'm guilty of it too. We all do that. So, I, again, I, I, because of that, I don't really necessarily begrudge him here. I, I get the timing situation. It certainly does not leave us in the in the best situation. But, I'm again, I'm not freaking out about it. And I'm not too – maybe if, if we had no one behind him, I'd be more upset with him. But I think we're in pretty good shape at the quarterback position, even without Jamie Newman on the roster. Sure, it absolutely reduces our margin for error but I still feel pretty good about the guys that we have right now. And we'll get into that a little bit later on the show. But Kurt, here's where I want to take this right now. I know a lot of our listeners out there, you guys want us to tell you why this is happening. I think that's the big question here. Why? For a lot of people. But I can't give you firm answers because I don't really know. I don't know Jamie Newman. I'm not in the football offices. So I don't really know. All we can do is speculate based on the things that we do know, because we do know some situational things around the the, the program right now. So I just want to put that out there, that that everything that we're going to say today in terms of the why is all speculation. But I do saying that, I do think you can read the tea leaves here, look at the situation and make some logical deductions as to what was actually behind this decision. So Kerr, I'm just going to put it to you, man. Why? Why did Jamie Newman make this decision right now? If I had to guess, I think agents got in his ear. I mean, I'm not saying that's the case, but that's what you're hearing a lot of is agents, you know, telling him that you truly don't have to play this season um, and still you still be a high draft pick is what, you know, what would be the first thing that came off my mind. But if I had to also go with my gut, which, you know, I'm not saying it's correct or whatnot, I do have to say that the emergence of JT Daniels and, you know, may have had an effect on things. Yeah, I think both things can be true there, Kerr, both things you said. I, I do think there's a, a possibility and maybe even a likelihood that agents were involved in some way, and this maybe even just tangentially. But I, I do think there's – I could foresee a situation – again, speculation here, guys, don't know. But I could see a situation where you know an agent reaches out through you know third parties or whatever and, and kind of puts some feelers out there and kind of just throws some advice that way. And, and that kind of influences not just Newman, but his entire family. A lot of these guys, it's not a decision they make. It's just about them. It's about their entire families, being able to take care of their families. So I, I think that that's certainly possible. And again, maybe even likely. When I'm looking at this, I lean more towards the second thing you said there. I think, I think there were a number of factors behind this. I, I think it, it, this was a decision made based on what he thinks is best for his financial future, for his NFL career, which is his financial future at this point, at least the way he's looking at things. So when that's a motivating factor, I think there are a number of factors behind that. I think number one that I haven't really seen anybody talk about right now, but it came to my mind here. Let's not forget that Jamie Newman is just getting over a foot injury, right? Now it wasn't a major foot injury, but it was an injury. And anytime you have an injury to your foot, that could certainly get aggravated and become a bigger issue. And guys, I've had foot foot injuries before. It sucks as a runner, as a guy who's been an athlete for, well, I don't, I don't even know if I call myself an athlete anymore, but a guy who's still pretty active and, and tries to be a, a relatively serious runner. I've had foot injuries and it's about the worst thing possible. Like you can't walk, you can't do it. Every, 
everything, every step is painful and it just takes forever to get back from. So I, I understand that that's part of his calculus here. I get that. Uh, and, and maybe even if it, it's, it doesn't stop him from playing, it keeps him from maybe performing at, a, at the level he's accustomed to, the level he wants to. So maybe it hurts his draft stock. I think that's a factor here. And then what you mentioned, Curtis, the competition part is the competitive aspect here where this guy, as we've been telling you guys, I, I, I'll say it again. I, I thought he was a leader in the clubhouse based on things I was hearing, just based on what I'm seeing from these guys. And the fact he's been here a little bit longer than JT Daniels, just a little bit longer, but he'd been here a little bit longer, a little more time with the program. But he was in a quarterback battle, guys. This job was n- not his by any stretch of imagination. I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't have won it. I, you know, I think he was the leader, or at least that's that's how I was looking at it. Maybe I was wrong here, but maybe I'm looking at this. Maybe I was looking at it wrong. Did he maybe see the writing on the wall here, Curtis, or maybe the competition between him and JT Daniels, and maybe even Dewan Mathis? So I'm hearing a lot of really good things about coming out of camp right now. Maybe the competition was just a little too close for comfort for him where he, he just looked at it and said, all right, I've got to make a risk assessment. I believe myself. I think I can win this job, but there's a chance that I don't. And what if I don't? What if I Well, don't? not only that, maybe he wins the job, but he doesn't fully hold on to it because once Daniels is healthy for a long period of time, he's hard to you know hold off throughout the rest of the year. Absolutely. And, and the reason I think that that argument holds some water here is the – Kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, Curtis, like he could have made this decision any time between March and now, but he made it now. So I'm asking myself here, why now? Why is it now? And see, that, that was my whole thing, too, because, you know, you mentioned that he's, you know, had these conversations before with the staff. And what was what was the thing that made you have the final draw? And that's where I come into this because, Kurt, here, here's what I'm going I'm to throw this out there to me. Again, guys, speculation here. And I don't know this for a fact, but it's just far too coincidental for me that this comes a mere four days after the first scrimmage of fall. Camp. A scrimmage. And I'll also say this. Do not tell me that this is about health concerns related to the coronavirus. I am not buying that for a second. If I truly felt that's what it was, then then that's totally cool. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter what his reasoning is. He has the right to make any decision he wants, whether it's, for, it's because of the coronavirus, whether it's because of financial considerations and the potential of maybe not winning this job or an injury concern with the foot, whatever it might be. He has the right to make whatever decision he wants. But do not tell me that this is about the coronavirus and any sort of COVID-related health concerns. Because if that was the case, he would have opted out back in April or May or even June. He would not have gone through fall camp, all the way through fall camp for two and a half weeks before deciding to opt out. I just simply do not buy that. There have to be other factors at play here. And that's why I was angry because you wait till the scrimmage. And then to me, that means either, you know, he really is scared or things just did not go his way. And I don't want to say that he's scared of competition. Again, I think it's a risk. Not, not scared, but just the fact that it could cost him money. Yeah, more it, money it, than it, it could be just, just play. Possibility, just the possibility that he, I'm sure. I, I think that two things can be true. I think he can believe in himself and not necessarily be scared, but also understand, like, hey, you know what? These other guys are really good too, and I'm there's a chance, however small it may be, there's a chance I might not win this job. And if that happens, what is that going to do to my NFL draft stock? You know. That that certainly is a calculus that, that I that I think you have to make. So when, when I'm looking at this and I say, okay, you can make this decision any time between March and now, 
and it just happens to come four days after the first scrimmage when you have a little bit more information on where the quarterback battle really stands. So you were getting a lot of information with these scrimmages. Like, could that be a purely coincidental situation? Of course it could and that's, be. That's why I don't, and that's why I think it's way too coincidental to yeah. be the case. Yeah, absolutely. Like it could be a coincidence. Coincidences happen. They do. But it's just just so so coincidental here. And it's just too much for me to just completely believe that did not factor into his decision in any way. Like I think there here's a possibility. I was kind of thinking about this. Again, like I know this is all over the place because we're just like guys, we're doing this in real time. Like we didn't really have any time to prep for this. So these thoughts are kind of just coming to me now. But like, Kurt, could you maybe look at a situation where he went to fall camp? And he wanted to give it a couple of weeks to see if he could put some distance between himself and JT Daniels and Dewan Mathis. Probably and wanted to see how healthy uh, Daniels got too. Yeah, absolutely. I just like like give it a couple of weeks, see where the situation is, see how I, I, I've recovered from this foot injury, see how Daniels is coming along with with the. ACL and maybe that's injury. how Kirby sold him on it too, because Kirby said, "Hold off to see, you know, if you win this job, clear cut. Why, why would you, you know, sit out?" Yeah. You're right. In, 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 in case people haven't heard some of the, like, there are some rumors out there. Again, I haven't heard this from anybody that I know, so I can't just say that, hey, I've heard from somebody, but there are rumors out there, like, this is maybe not necessarily the first time that JT Daniels, or I'm sorry, uh, Jamie Newman has at least talked to the coaching staff about potentially opting out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, maybe we convince them, like, hey, look, just give it a couple weeks and let, we'll see where things are. And maybe, like, again, speculation, but that's certainly a possibility. I, I, and anything, even if it wasn't something that he discussed with the coaching staff, I think it's very realistic to say that, you know what, there's a good chance he was kind of just looking at the situation saying, all right, I'm going to give it a couple of weeks, see if I can win this job outright and put some distance between myself and, and, the, and the other competitors here. And if I can't and it's too close for comfort, then maybe it's not worth the risk. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe, you know – he couldn't put that distance between himself and the others. Maybe he was still leading, maybe, but like those guys were right there. And so with the season approaching here in a couple of weeks, it just wasn't worth the risk. I will say it's not complete without, completely without risk for him to just rely on film from Wake Forest and assume he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Because, I, yeah, there are a lot of people saying, like some of these guys who do, who, uh, do the, the draft analysis – who have him as a first round guy, but there are others that have him as a later round guy. It's, he's not a consensus. I was just say I've seen guy. him as I've seen him as like a fourth round pick by some people. Yeah, it just depends on on which guy you're looking at. Like he, he's just, he's certainly not a consensus first round guy right now. So you got to put that out there. But so like just relying on that film from Wake, I don't think like that's without risk. Okay, I think there there is some risk there, but. Maybe that to him doing a risk assessment that that's less risky than potentially getting beat out this year or 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 winning the job and not performing at a high level because like we've talked about all offseason, girl, he didn't have spring practice which could impact his performance. He doesn't really have a lot of time with it, with this system, so maybe he doesn't feel comfortable thinking that he's going to. And as I say, this is a this is a system. This is a system Daniels feels comfortable in too, going that route also. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, this is something that, that Daniels has – this type of system is maybe something that Daniels has a little bit more experience with than, than Jamie Newman coming from Wake Forest with the Clawson offense, the claw fence. So I, I think it really was a risk assessment. And, again, the decision that he's making right now is certainly not without risk. He's no guarantee first-round draft pick without playing this year. He does have plenty of film on tape, but that comes with some risk. But I think he probably looked at it and said that – yeah, it might. There might be a little bit of risk associated with that, but that's still less risky than potentially getting beat out or or just not having a good season. 
you know, with not with not having spring practice and not really having a chance to work with the receivers that much or as much as he would normally throughout the the, the spring and, and the early part of the summer. So I, I think all those things here are, are certain things that factored in. Like, Kurt, I'm going to ask you this as well. Is it possible to look at this in a way that that no one in the Georgia fan base really wants to look at it? And, and so I, I hesitate to even go here because I know everyone's like, no, that can't be true, but let's just at least consider it. Is it maybe a situation where he gets into fall camp and sees what he has around him offensively, and maybe he's just not that confident in the offense and the talent around him, like similar to, to a Jamar Chase situation where he looks at what LSU's got coming back, and he's like, man, we ain't going to be very good this year or not as good as we were last year. I already won a national title. My draft stock's as high as it's going to get. It's not going to get any higher. All it's going to do is go down this year. Is that a possibility in, in how he was looking at this? Um, it could be a possibility, but I think it'd be a – I mean, if that was the case, I think that what we've had it was known. And at the same time, if that was the case, um, that would be a chance to show that you're even better that you could do it with not that much talent. Yeah, fair. Uh, sure. I mean, like- it's, different, it's different if you're a receiver because you can't get – people can't get you the ball. Um, it's probably how Jamar Chase is looking at it because he did – like last year he had Jamar Jefferson or Justin Jefferson, all those people to help – get attention off him and that wasn't going to be the case this year but as a quarterback you can still find ways to get people the ball I mean if um the guy out of Clemson can win a national championship and go to uh no the uh, wide receiver the um, oh yeah slot guy yeah I mean if you can if you can find people like that that can make plays for you then you can still do it at a high level with whoever you have around you if you're a good enough quarterback sure absolutely and also look look he did have some good receivers at Wake Forest last year and a lot of them spend a lot of time. On and a lot of them are sitting out this year too, or opting out. Uh, Surratt already yeah, opted, Surratt out. opted out. Yeah, but like, like he one, had talent around that, him in spots last year. But I would still say he's going to have more talent around him here at Georgia offensively. Than yeah, what better offensive line, time. better run game, all those things. The one thing that I really don't think we've talked about well enough is you know when we took the transfer of JT Daniels, everyone it, were kind of up in arms, like, what is Kirby Smart doing? He's just going to create another quarterback controversy that's not going to do in well for the program, all blah, 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 all those things. You had that part of the fan base that believed that. And now how smart does Kirby Smart look? Yeah, that's one of the things I was going to ask you. Like, do you think our coaches might have had an idea that something like this could happen? Like, I don't want to act like Kirby Smart is some omniscient being, but could this be a case of him being one step ahead of everyone else, like playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers? Um, I don't know if that's the case, but I definitely think that he, he, just at this point in time, you can never have too much. You know, people are saying, you know, that it was just going to start a controversy and not, not saying he knew exactly what was going to happen. But the fact was, I mean, even because you're talking about how he had an ankle injury and things like that already, it shows that you had to be prepared if, as if this guy wasn't going to play at some point. Well, it could also potentially, and I know like like May when we got news of JT Daniels transferring in, that was kind of early, much earlier in the coronavirus pandemic. But if the rumors are true that maybe this is not the first time that that Newman had discussed this with the coaching staff, maybe he discussed it all the way back in in April or May, and that's why the coaches really went after JT Daniels pretty heavily enough to to land him when he was a, a sought after transfer. So it's certainly a possibility. Again, all speculation, all speculation, but. I, I, it's just too coincidental that Kirby brings in another transfer after bringing in a grad transfer uh, 
when you're in the middle of this pandemic, you have to think that Kirby's in some way, at least looking ahead and saying, look, there's a possibility that some guys might not want to play, especially a guy who's a grad transfer, who doesn't really have any loyalty to this program, already has a high draft grade in some outlets out there. So maybe I need to go out and get somebody to make sure that we're, we're in good shape when and if that does happen. So I, I, I can, again, don't know that for sure, but it, I think it's something that's certainly worth consideration. And maybe in retrospect, we should have read a little bit more into Kirby's decision to go out and pursue JT Daniels on the transfer market. You know, when it happened, we were obviously kind of taken aback. We did not really see that coming. But I kind of chalked it up to the fact that, okay, look, this guy, initially I didn't think he was going to get his eligibility. So I, I was thinking more along the lines of, okay, this is going to set us up really well for 2021, kind of that bridge between... Jamie Newman in, in 2020 and potentially Brock Vandegrift or Dwan Mathis or Carson Beck in 2022. But looking back at how it all played out with obviously now we know that JT Daniels did end up getting his immediate eligibility waiver approved by the NCAA. So looking back, you know, maybe we should have, or I should have, maybe other people did, maybe I should have read into that decision to go get JT Daniels and pursue him as aggressively as we did behind the scenes Maybe I should have read more into that in terms of what was potentially going on behind the scenes with Jamie Newman. So there's no way to really know that, but I think it's certainly something that's worth considering here as we're kind of speculating what was going on between, I guess, the time everything got shut down in mid-March and right now. But again, for me, and this is just me, I don't have any inside knowledge on this, just kind of reading between the lines. And looking at the situation as it sits right now and what we do know, I just have a really hard time believing that this is coronavirus related. Because again, as far as I'm concerned, if that was the case, why is it happening now, essentially three weeks into fall camp? Why did it not happen in March or April or May or June or even July? Why didn't it happen sometime before fall camp? Why is it happening just four days after the first fall scrimmage. We're a couple of weeks into into fall camp right now. It just seems too coincidental to not think that the competition at quarterback might be closer than the people realize. And Newman just realized that there might be a chance he doesn't end up winning that job. And what might that do to his NFL draft stock? Or maybe it's the injury. I think it's a combination of things. I think it's the combination of how close the quarterback battle was behind the scenes, the injury that he dealt with with his foot leading into preseason camp. And then, of course, you also have to factor in again the fact that we didn't have spring practice and he didn't get a lot of reps with this offense prior to fall camp. And he very well could have been concerned with how that might impact his play on the field and ultimately, again, his NFL draft stock. So to me, I really believe this is just a case of Jamie Newman making a calculated risk assessment that the risk to his NFL and financial future was at more risk by playing this season for for a variety of reasons than it would be to sit out this year. And that's ultimately what I think it comes down to. Don't know that for sure, but I think that right now, that explanation makes the most sense to me. And again, I think this was made a lot easier by the fact, like all those things were made easier by the fact that he doesn't really have any loyalty to this program or to these guys. Sure, he does. You know, he, I'm sure he's got some guys that he, that he likes on this team, but he's not really like super. I can't imagine he's super close with any of these guys. He just hasn't been around them all that much. He, has, he hasn't been around this program all that much. So when you don't have that built-in loyalty and those built-in relationships where you feel like you're leaving someone behind, it makes it a lot easier to make these decisions 
that are what he feels like are in the best interest of his financial future. So that's kind of just where I am right now on the why. So I wish him the best. I absolutely do. I don't blame him for this decision. I do think he's making a risk assessment based on what he thinks is best for him and his future. I do blame him for making me waste all that time this offseason watching a bunch of Wake Forest tape. That wasn't fun. Uh, I liked watching him, but now it's kind of like, why did I waste all the time doing that? But um, whatever, that's 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 fine. But I don't really blame him for this decision. But I think, Kurt, the bigger question here is what now? Good luck, Newman. Wish you the best. But, Kurt, where do we, where does the University of Georgia go from here? How much does this decision impact our chances in 2020? I think that we go forward with JT Daniels and Dwan Mathis. And I think while, yeah, we don't have the mobile guy we're thinking of in uh, Jamie Newman, I, th- I think we have someone that can excel in this offense in JT Daniels, which is the one thing that has me feeling somewhat better. Yeah, I, I do. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm very confident in JT Daniels. I do not think that there is a major gap between Newman and Daniels in terms of the talent and the ability they bring to the table. Different quarterbacks to a degree, but but like we heard from, from Todd Munkin in his press conference, yeah, Newman can throw the ball a little bit better than people think, and Daniels can run the ball better than people think. He's a better athlete than people think. So I don't think there was a major gap between these two. Really, guys, spending all summer breaking down both these quarterbacks, I didn't. I don't think there's a massive gap. I think there's a very thin, thin separation, if there's any separation at all, between the two. So I, I'm very confident in JT Daniels. My concern, though, Curtis, is will he be cleared? This is a guy that, yes, he, he participated in a scrimmage, which is a good sign, but he still, according to Kirby Smart, has not been fully cleared for contact. How concerned are you that he will not be cleared by the time we open the season? I'm not as concerned now. I think they're going to do whatever it takes to get him cleared, to be honest. Not in a way that makes it unhealthy for the kid, but I think that they will get him cleared. I hope so. I mean, I trust – I mean, Ron Corson is, is the best in the business, and I don't think he'll do anything to put a kid in jeopardy just because we need Yeah, I'm not saying he'll put the kid in jeopardy, but I think that, like – before there wasn't a rush to get him here, and I'm not saying we're going to rush him back in a way that's going to be unhealthy, but I, I mean, and it's also the fact that you come, you can come back quicker from ACL surgeries, especially as a quarterback where you're not running and cutting on it as much as say other positions. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised he has not been fully cleared because we're talking like this injury was a full year ago, guys. Happened the first game of the year last year, like this weekend. It's it'll say, be especially since we're starting year. behind this year. Yeah, and guys are coming back from ACL. Everybody heals at their own pace, I get it. But they're coming back from ACL injuries a lot faster than they used to. And a year is actually a pretty long recovery. I guess it, it depends on the severity of the injury and all those things, of course. But uh, I'm, I'm honestly surprised he hasn't been cleared yet. But I, think, I do think it's a good sign that he's been out there practicing full go without just – and quarterbacks don't get hit in practice anyway. He was able to scrimmage. So I, I feel good about where we are. I'm, I'm just hoping sometime within the next three weeks he gets fully cleared. But, Kurt, let's just pretend there's a scenario where he does not get cleared early this season. And let's say a guy like Dewan Mathis, who and a good, it, it could be Carson Beck. I don't want to completely write him off here, but I've heard a lot of really good things about Dewan Mathis coming out of fall camp right now. And let's say Dewan Mathis has to open the season as a starter. How comfortable would you be with him as a starter? I mean, week one, we'd probably be able to get by, hopefully, against Arkansas. But what if he has to be the starter week two against Auburn? How would you feel about that? I feel all right in the fact that just that, you know, once again, there's not going to be any crowds this year. I think that certainly helps because like anytime you have an inexperienced quarterback, obviously when you're playing on the road, the crowd, the environment, that certainly is a factor. So I think, again, that, that could play – that's one of those things that could play into our advantage here. I think Dwight Mathis is a highly talented guy. Obviously, I haven't seen a much, much of him in action. In I mean, I was actually impressed with him that very first G-Day he had um, as a that's freshman. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Me enrolled her. I actually did some good things. Yeah, we didn't see him throw the ball a ton, but he looked extraordinarily athletic. 
And yeah, he had the, the the brain issue last year, but he's, from what I understand, fully cleared to go. He's a he's a great athlete. He's got a really good arm, and look, he's got just as much time with this new offensive system than anybody else, right? So like, it's not like anyone else is ahead of him with this this particular system. Now they're ahead of him in experience, but the system not as much. So I I, I don't I'm not going to sit here and say I would be as confident with him as I would with JT Daniels, but if if we had to go with him for a couple of weeks to open the season. I, I wouldn't again. I'm, I wouldn't be freaking out about it because I think he's a talented guy. We have a couple. We have about three weeks now. If he if it does end up being a situation where he has to be the guy to get him ready to go, uh, yes, with play at Arkansas open season. I, but I still feel like we're much better than Arkansas. We should be able to win that game, whether it's Dwyane Mathis or not. Then we come home to play Auburn. I feel good about that. We get Tennessee at home. Now, if we can get Daniels back before we play Alabama, that would be great. But I feel pretty good about Dwyane Mathis. All in all, so I, again, I'm not freaking out. I think we have a, a, a really talented group of quarterbacks to to draw from here. I really hope Daniels is the guy that gets clear because I think that he's the best option here if he is healthy. But Dewan Matz is a guy that I'm really, really intrigued by with with his athleticism and what we can do with him in this new offense. He has a, his skill set is similar to Jamie Newman. In fact, I think he's more athletic than Jamie Newman. Maybe not as powerful, but but more athletic. So. It wouldn't be necessarily the best situation, but I, I don't think it's a, a situation where you're just going to say, well, Georgia can't win with Dewan Mathis. I don't think that's the case. I think our defense is is too good to say that. I think we have some weapons around him that can, that can do some things. And I, and I trust Todd Munkin to build an offense to fit his skill set to the point where we can actually win some football games with Dewan Mathis. But we'll see how that plays out, guys. So I know this is all over the place. Forgive us. We This is an emergency podcast. A bonus episode, so we had no time to prep. Kind of just got together, worked our schedules out. We're kind of just spitballing here today, but we will definitely be talking about this a lot more through the coming weeks as there's a little bit more clarity with the quarterback situation. But for now, that's kind of where our heads are at with the news of Jamie Newman choosing to opt out of the 2020 season. We really appreciate you guys listening into the episode today. Thanks for the support. We will be back again this week for the fourth time this week. We'll be back with an interview with Seth Emerson tomorrow night. We're going to be talking about his new book, Attack the Day, on the resurgence of the Georgia football program under Kirby Smart. That's going to be a lot of fun, and of course, we're going to have to ask him about what's going on with Jamie Newman's decision and what the thought process is behind the scenes right now. So that'll be a lot of fun. Make sure to check back with us tomorrow night. We'll have that for you guys. But for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening again, guys. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>